Welcome to the uh, August 1st, holy shit, edition of the PFF Forecast. We're recording this a couple of days early because um, the big guy taking a little long-awaited, uh, very much-deserved vacation. But that does not mean that we're going to skimp on the podcast episodes. We'd never do that to you. We love you too much. So we have a very fun podcast uh, prepared for you. We are doing the ceiling and the floor of every team in the NFL using our simulations. Uh, we're going to start with AFC, NFC? Let's do AFC. AFC, baby. And we're going to talk about the most important non-quarterback player on those teams. It's going to be a blast. Let's rock. gonna be a lot of fun especially because um i'm i'm feeling really really great today why oh because of the rogers news or the <laughs> the manscaped so but for people tuning into this um if you didn't listen to the wednesday episode we had a lot of fun with the manscaped <laughs> thing but we actually recorded like that read just like five minutes ago and i just didn't really know what i was gonna open up this podcast with so i just kind of went with it um, I, I should say though, if you didn't listen to that, that, uh, particular podcast, I do endorse full endorsement mm -hmm. of the lawnmower 4.0. I also like the, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of all the products, the t-shirt I got in the you mail. You like the t-shirt. Yeah. I do like the t-shirt. Cause, right. cause look like if you are, I'm look, I'm not the most subversive person in the yeah. world. I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat countercultural. I do think just having a shirt that says like, take care of your balls on the back is kind of nice. Right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm pro, you know. Okay. Yeah. The T-shirt was not what I was thinking of. They did send a T-shirt and um, underwear. Mm -hmm. I here's a some, maybe a controversial take. Not quite Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis not bathing their children, mm -hmm. but um, I can't believe people still wear underwear. I do. Yeah. I just I, I think you should um, you should maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, turn over a new leaf. Oh my god! Well, uh, like Adam or what? No, I, I just so my take on it, and I'm just gonna get destroyed here in the comments. I just know it. I'm just setting myself up, and this isn't actually a part of the manscape thing. Obviously, if um, you do manscape, it I, probably is better. It is say. certainly a necessity if you're gonna do that. Um, my take on it is clothes now are comfortable enough where, um, like, it's actually far more comfortable. To well, I know our friends at Sweat Taylor to give us a, a pair of comfortable pants. Sweat Taylor's a great example. Yeah, exactly. like, I can wear Sweat Taylor pants. Look, I don't think you have a bad take. For me, I'm like somewhat not ready to take the plunge yet. Okay. Um, I have been doing and again, it for an interesting like, use of words for me for like five years, and it's here's another thing. You know what? All, you know what sucks? Buying underwear. Buying underwear sucks. No one gets excited about buying yeah. underwear because it's expensive and it, the process is terrible. Anyways, this has been a tremendous intro yeah. to the podcast. Um, we're going to get into it here in um, just a couple of seconds. I've already told you about Manscaped. So promo code PFF at manscaped.com. Free shipping, 20% off. Um, I don't know if that gets you underwear or not, but you don't care now because <laughs> you've relieved yourself. And now Look, I think I think efficiency <laughs> is what we're going for in the yes. – in, in, and, and, and you know, we're achieving some, that. 100%. Some people go by go by efficiency differently. You know, um, different strokes for different folks, as I like to say. Let's so let's let's get into it here. And we are doing uh, which division would you like to start with? Um, I think this one's the easiest one. Let's go with the AFC East. Let's do it. That was the one I had my my finger on here. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to give you the tenth percentile, the floor. Okay, of their simulation results and the ceiling, the 90th percentile. And notice we're not doing, you know, first and 99th. We're trying to keep it somewhat in the realm of possibility. Yeah. So you can kind of get a sense. And this will give you an idea of which teams have the highest and the smallest spread. And we'll kind of probably focus on teams with like bigger spread um, in terms of their distributions here. So I'll just kind of read through them and then we can uh, we can dive in with our most important non-QB. Uh, Buffalo Bills, 10th percentile in our simulations is seven wins, 90th percentile, 
is 14 uh, wins. Um, most important non-QB for you? I mean, I think it's pretty easy. I think it's Stephon Diggs. I think they need him to play that well again to make sure that any regression Allen has is limited. So Diggs is the easy answer. The right answer is Cole Beasley. I don't like that's not a t- that's actually, it's actually not, a ter- not a bad take. Yeah, it's actually not a terrible take. Uh, you know, our fr- like our friend and and uh, you know person we talk football with was you know the one who voted for Beasley in the in the hall you know the uh, all pro voting. Yeah. And like, I actually think Beasley's a terrific player. And if if he were to fuck around and not and you know not end up being able to play for them for you know I would say preventable reasons, it could hurt them. Uh, you're in a division with Miami, who has a lot of good cornerbacks. They're trying to trade one. You have one. You know, you know, New England has good football players too that they can cover with. Um, and uh, it's not. It's not actually the. You know, it's not trivial. Like I do think he's a big deal. Now, to their credit, they got Emmanuel Sanders. They got Gabriel Davis. Um, you know, even Dawson Knox, I think, is a good receiver. So they, they should be fine. But it, it, it is kind of a. Um, it is kind of a, a, a slippery slope for them at wide receiver. Um, Buffalo. Uh, can really prick them, I think, if they're not like careful. That's well done by you. Buffalo's win total is 11, minus 110 on both sides. Um, and we have uh, the the over uh, happening about 43% of the time, 44% of the time, under about 57% of the time. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins. So that had a spread of about seven wins. Um the this is now the narrowest one that we have, which is interesting. The Miami Dolphins floor is five wins, ceiling is eleven wins. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. It's hard not you know to think about their most important non quarterback because the quarterback is so important for them. Yeah, if they don't get the quarterback thing figured out, it's it's going to be tough for them. It's yeah. going to be tough. Um, and I really didn't want to go with a receiver here, but I feel like I've got to go with receiver here. I think it would be easy to say Jalen Waddle, but I think for this year, the most important receiver for them is Will Fuller mm-hmm. and his health. And the reason for that is it'll give Jalen Waddle an opportunity to be better and then ultimately give Tua a chance um, to be better. Let's say you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think the reason that the distribution is so narrow is how well coached they are. I mm-hmm. think Flores, our, our, one of my interns, Tage Seth, wrote an article um, Flores in the last two seasons has been one of the better coaches in terms of getting wins out of rosters that, and I think some of that is biased by the one year they were terrible and they won five games, but nonetheless, he's a, I think a very good coach. Um, I think their most important non quarterback is probably Byron Jones, because w- if they're going to go the season without Howard, um, Igbenogany was bad last year in the slot, pretty bad. Um, He's going to have to be – he's going to have to take away – he's going to have to be the Stephon Gilmore of that team. Mm. And, like, there, there's, like, I think honest question marks as to whether or not that can actually be uh, the case. Their win total, 9.5, minus uh, 125 to the under, yeah. uh, plus 105 over. And I think there's a, a reason for that. Our simulation does not have them going over a whole lot of the time. 9.5 with Tua is, um, is something. The New England Patriots – uh floor of four wins ceiling of 11 wins and this is going to get into one of the more interesting things that i think this conversation will uh provide now new england also has a win total of of uh nine and a half minus 130 to the under so very similar to miami plus 110 to the over and our simulation feels similarly (laughs) about them as well um most important non-qb for this one, it's it's got it. I mean, I think it's weirdly another corner. I think it's Stephon Gilmore. If he play, if he comes in and plays, and he is anything but the amazing player he has been for them historically, I don't think they have a good enough defense to shut down and teams and give them the cushion that they're going to need with the combination of Cam Newton and Mac Jones at quarterback, like. This, I get, I understand Belichick, although, you know, I said he was the sixth best head coach in football. Tej is, you know, he's only generated the sixth most wins above uh, expectation the last couple of years. Like, they don't go for, forward a lot on fourth down. 
Um, they they didn't sign what I would consider to be fat tail type player. Like Hunter Henry is a good football player. Is he going to add a win to New England? No. Jonu Smith is the same thing. Matthew Judon is a nice edge player in that system. He's not a difference maker, I don't think. So they're, they need to have a defense much like they had in 2019 and hope that one of their two quarterbacks can, can play well. Um, and I think the only way that happens is if Gilmore shuts down a third of the field himself. Like I, that, I don't know. What do I you think? think? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I think it's Josh McDaniel. Uh, McDaniels. Um, And the reason for that is that I'm trying to figure out what this offense is. The reason I'm trying to figure out what it is, is that Mac Jones is a better thrower of the football, but they don't have receivers that can really get open. And he's kind of, it'll be the biggest drop off in talent from college to pro of any (laughs) quarterback on the planet going from the Alabama receivers to the New England receivers. Um, And so I think he's got to find a way to make the most of Cam Newton. And if they're going to hit 11 wins, in my mind, it's because they're sort of wonky on offense. Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton is able to like do things running the football that you know make their, their offense dynamic. That's so like, limited, though, right? Like We saw it last year. I agree, but so is 11 wins as a ceiling. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think that's the hard part. It's like when you look at their win total of nine and the ceiling is only two ahead of it, all right, here's one of my favorite bets. I always love I love to do this. I did this with the Steelers and the Bengals. Say you could pit the New England Patriots win total against the New York Jets win total. I like that, man. Okay. The New York Jets win total is six. The New England Patriots win total is nine. What kind of odds would you get for the Jets so, to have more wins than the Patriots? I think a win is worth about 50 cents. So they were even. So you're looking at like you know, 150 to 250. Okay. I was going to say between two and three. I, I the, the Jets have the Jets again, and I'm tilted by this. By now, we, by now, this is Sunday. We're recording it. They might have have this resolved. I'm tilted by the fact that Wilson isn't there, but the Jets, the Jets are not going to be a joke anymore. Like, I don't think they're going to be a joke. And I think, uh, I mean, New England almost lost to them, you know, on that Monday night with Flacco playing. Like, Zach Wilson is a talented player that is going to steal games this year. And I think, to me, they're much closer to New England than the market suggests. Salah's and, also like a good coach. Like I, our, I don't understand this. I'm I'm 100% with you. You give me plus 250 on the Jets having more wins than New England Patriots, and I am all in, baby. The Jets' floor and ceiling is the same as New England Patriots. Four and uh, is the floor, and 11 is the ceiling. Um I'm curious who you're going to go with for most important non-quarterback. Uh, for the Jets, uh, I think it's um, – uh, man. I, I, our sock answer is always wide receiver, but mm-hmm. I, think, I do think – and like – so in a, in a war sense, I'm going to say like Denzel Mims. Mm-hmm. In a like – how he contributes to Zach Wilson's war since I think it's Mekhi Becton. Damn it. I think Mekhi Becton is like going to be a very good tackle. He's already a good tackle. And I think he's going to be a very good one. And I think in this division, like if your tackle is amazing, who on New England's getting pressure against Mekhi Becton? Not no, no one, not and a I'm, damn thing. And, and then Miami. Mekhi Becton graded well last year. 75. Yeah, he was a, grade, a good season. Um, was slightly better against the pass than, than the run. Um, interesting thing about Mackay Becton once lined up in the slot last year, kind of. But like no one in this, that. like Jerry Hughes, old is old and yeah. but like still a very good player. He's the one. He's the only pass rusher in this division that like I look at. I'm like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. And like everybody else, like I like Judon's a good player, but I don't think he's better all around. Like in this division, the Jets might end up giving. Like with Elijah Vera Tucker as well, who's a good lineman. They overpaid for him in the draft, but mm-hmm. he's a good lineman. They could like legit have a much better circumstance for, for Zach Wilson than they ever did for Darnold. Yeah. Kai Beckton was going to be my answer. I'll go to my number two here, which is Marcus May, um, who I took in our, our draft here. 83 PFF grade, 86 coverage grade last year. Plays all over the field, uh, over 150 snaps uh, in the box slot. 
uh, and free safety. And the reason I think he's their most uh, important non-quarterback is because ah, they don't have a ton in the way of coverage. And his ability to play all over the field, um, I think, is going to be key to Robert Sala's defense remaining average, which would get them to that, you know, near mm-hmm. that ceiling. All right, we move onward to the AFC Norte. Uh, very interesting division. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, their floor, seven wins. Their ceiling, 13 wins. Yeah. It's a lot. The the floor, by the way, for the Ravens, which we'll talk about, I think is different than the Cleveland Browns because Cleveland, I think, is a, this team, in my opinion, is a little bit more anti-fragile. I agree with you. I, I think I, the, the most important non-quarterback for Cleveland has got to be Odell Beckham Jr. It's 1,000% yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. If Odell, if Odell returns to form, this team can be – this team could compete with Kansas City – in some games, like I think that's the way to spray. Yeah, it. I was. I would actually. I think that's a really good way to put it. If you think about the the uh, Cleveland Browns winning thirteen games, and that means that they're competing with with mm-hmm. Kansas City. Yeah, like the Bills won thirteen games last year yeah. in the AFC title game with um, Kansas City. They need to be like think about how many things. Now they had a couple things go wrong for them in that loss to Kansas City, but their their offense really like their plays hit right. They need a player that can can make plays when the play call isn't perfect. Yep. And that's the type of player that Odell Beckham Jr. is. The Cleveland Browns um, win total 10.5 right now. The over is minus 120, which is interesting. So I look at 10.5, and, and I know they have a high ceiling. I know that they've got – I really believe in Kevin Stefanski. Um you can't bet over on any of these. I'm teams not betting over there. Like I mean, COVID is too. COVID is too. Still too much there. I'm sorry. You can't bet. I'm not betting. Kansas City Chiefs are my favorite team. I'm not betting over on them this year. I'm not. And there are eight no to the over. And read it. You. It is the, the free betting advice here. Do not bet overs on these teams that have double digit wins. It's just going to be too hard. There's too many things that can go wrong. The Ravens. What happened to the Ravens last year? Ravens were a right. fantastic team with an easy schedule, and they went under. Why? Random shit happened. Right. Like. The Ravens had the 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 one of the easiest schedules in the NFL after after they started six and five and cleaned up. But what happened? Those five games they lost, random shit, COVID, all that stuff. It's just too hard. Like, and that that's part of the reason we move on to Baltimore here. Yep, floor of six, ceiling also of thirteen. Is this? Is this all Lamar Jackson? This is Lamar Jackson being like, if Lamar goes out, like. They they think about they have one of the worst backup quarterback situations in all of football. And I like I like uh I like the guy from Utah that I'm mm-hmm. forgetting his name. Shall I I like but like th- he's not Tyler Hundley. I I like him. He's fine. But like as a third quarterback developmental guy, they they might go into the season with him or Trace McSorley as the backup. This is like it, it it's bad. And like Baltimore's smart enough where if Lamar got hurt, they would just tank and get a really high draft pick. Yeah, but like. But there's obviously that aspect of it. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good point. I, I was trying to think about it. Like, if Lamar plays most of the games, you know, what is what is their floor? Um, and I think the natural inclination is to say they have a pretty high floor. And I kind of agree. I think, uh, but I still, I think even if if both quarterbacks are healthy, I think Cleveland has a higher floor. Because of what Stefanski can do, and I'm not sure this isn't actually Lamar. This is like the offense. Yeah. Like I just do not have a ton of faith. Now maybe it does come back and they do figure some things out, but I'm not sure that Rashad Bateman, who I think is their most important non-quarterback, is um, yeah. Like if he's not great, like they have a terrible receiving core. Yeah. If he can't win against single coverage, you're going to find out a lot about Lamar. You know, if he can win against single coverage, you're going to find out. But also, like, find me a quarterback that's that's making throws to guys that are have players trounced all over them left and right. Like that just doesn't happen. This team, this team has this team is reloading, and there's never a guarantee that when you reload, as good as their process is, as much as we like them, if you reload, there is no guarantee you are going to come up with the same cards that you had before. Orlando Brown gone. 
right? Mm. Uh, they're going with Alejandro Villanueva. That's a different bet. Mm. You know, Yonda left before last season. That didn't go quite as well. Judon, who I just talked about, a solid player for them. Now gone. You're replacing him with a first-rounder. But again, a late first-round edge player. Not necessarily the greatest hit rate. Then you have you 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 go with Pernell McPhee and Tyus Bowser like to replace Ngakwe. And it's like, who yep. knows? And then last season, before the season started, you had to replace Earl Thomas. Like it, it makes yeah. the job of like a guy who I said Marlon Humphrey is their most important not player besides Lamar. It makes his job a lot harder, and he's come up interesting, big for them. So the, it's but. interesting you say that because like when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about most important player in like the ceiling floor aspect, like lots of variance, yeah. and I don't feel like Marlon Humphrey has a ton of variance. Like I think he's going to be really good. Um, but if they if they're we've never seen the Ravens consistently have to play games from behind right and so if if their defense can continue to play as a top 10 group it 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 shrinks their variance absolutely um i mean lamar tested positive for for covid it's, you, yeah i know but today was we're recording this but if you're listening to this on sunday like a few days ago you think about them installing a new offense that is better I, like i'm not going to overreact to that by any stretch of the imagination but like if you're thinking about you know them hitting their ceiling Certainly comes into effect. Uh, win total is 11. The under is minus 120. Our simulations have them going under nearly 70% of the time. And yeah. um, I think, you know, that that sounds like, oh, you're hating on Baltimore. Winning 12 games is no fucking joke. Yeah. Especially in this division. Uh, next up, we have the Bengals. Their floor is four wins. Their ceiling is 11. And I think the ceiling is super interesting to talk about. Um yeah, this is also not going to surprise a single human on earth. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, their most important non-quarterback is Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm, and the reason it is is because it's unfair to, to make it a tackle. <laughs> because if you go, oh, yeah, yeah, this tackle all of a sudden figures it out. Yeah, but if Jamar Chase ain't getting open, it's not going to matter if that person becomes average. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. Burrow, it looks like there was that article in The Athletic this week that talked about the mechanics and sort of how he's working to sort of be have a stronger arm. I do think that that's – I mean, we've seen Brady who had a crappy – Brady's throwing it stronger now yeah. than he ever has. I mean, Burrow, Burrow seems to me to be a guy that we should still be buying into after year one. Somebody asked me on a show, did I think – do I think Burrow will end up being better than Justin Herbert? And – I, I still think it's I still think it's close to a coin flip. Who would you rather have? This is by the way testing out a new segment. Would you rather? Would you rather have Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Uh Burrow. Damn it. You were supposed to say Herbert so I could say Burrow. So like my I think that we've we have enough, we have information on them. Herbert's a lot better than we thought, but the we also if you're offering me them at even odds a a year after I could get one. Like, what was the ratio last year? 70, 30, 80, 20. And all the, inf- a lot of the information we got last year was noisy an injury and, and a bunch of really good, like pressured pocket touchdown passes. Like, give it to me. I I'll take Burrow. Uh, I will take Burrow as well. It's very close for me. The tiebreaker comes here. Joe Burrow had a anomalously bad year throwing deep passes. People would love to blame the arm talent. That's garbage. It also doesn't take arm strength to, complete deep passes that's more like intermediate passes outside the hashes uh, outside the numbers um but he also had bad receivers bad receivers like aj green's corpse was out there running routes for him keenan allen is one of keenan allen's the most underrated receiver in the nfl he is fucking amazing yeah. his route running is insane mike williams going up and get the ball jalen guyton is like a speedster um so uh that's why i'd rather have burrow um 11 wins to me is not it, it's not insane to, yeah. to think that that's uh, a possibility so what about what about pittsburgh here we have yeah, the same so, distribution for pittsburgh four wins to 11. cincinnati by the way i just say six and a half is their their total the over is minus 130 so people feel similarly people are people are going that way whereas pittsburgh the the uh, total is eight and a half i want to say yep and the under is minus 135 yes and that is that is a recent development and people said we were the ones hating yeah, on yeah. that's a recent well and that's the thing i i like you look you can say the market's wrong 
bet it. If you if you think the Steelers are great, bet the over. But yep. for the Steelers, I think that their most value or most important non-quarterback. I mean, this this shows how like little I think of them. I mean, you probably need to have a defensive player of the year season out of TJ Watt if this is ever gonna like he basically has to have a strip sack fumble of like all three of these young quarterbacks in the division for them to go four and two in the division. And even then I don't see it like, cause think about their wide receiver position. None of those guys, I don't care what the fantasy people say. Mm-hmm. None of those guys are difference makers individually. They're Agreed. all, they're a good group. They're not a great, none of them are a great individually. They don't have a tight end to speak of cause they drafted Mark Bruner Jr. in the draft <laughs> and and like and their offensive line's not gonna be very good, right? So who is it? I mean, other than a coach, you could say Matt Canada, maybe. Um, I, I think Mark, Matt Canada is a great one. I, I, but the thing is Matt Canada is just doing what Ben Roethlisberger wants to do. I mean, that's just a fact. Um I think TJ Watt is is a great one. Um I, I'm gonna go a little outside the box here though. I, I agree that the defense has to be uniquely amazing. And so I'm going to go with Devin Bush, which, you know, we talk about linebackers all the time, but like for their defense to be that amazing for them to hit 11, 12 wins, I think it is going to make, they're going to have to be so good everywhere. And Devin Bush is going to have to turn into like Fred Warner um, for them to, for them to do that. I also said this the other day, I was like, Ben Roethlisberger is 80 to one to win MVP. The, and I don't think he's going to have a good enough season to deserve MVP. But if he has a good season, people love talking about, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and like the whole, like, I lost weight and I'm an old quarterback and I played well narrative. Um, so just throwing that out there. Um, before we move on to the next division, I want to remind you, great people out there, that fantasy football, as you just mentioned, is coming. And if you are like me, I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this podcast are like me. I don't know if I should assume such ill intentions on most of our <laughs> wonderful listeners. Um, but if you're like me, you're like, you get you get bombarded with text messages about like, are you actually going to like do the things to get your team ready, you know, to, to be in the draft? I finally get it done. I'm scrambling. All I can think about is like what I know about real football. And I have no idea what the fuck's going on from a fantasy perspective. And that's when I log into PFF and I get the draft guide. I read through that. It doesn't take hours and hours like some books do. I have the player rankings that are customizable, the projections that are always up to date with recent injuries. And then if I have a little extra time, I've got great content that I can easily find in our draft kit um, from a bunch of really, really great analysts. One new one to be added in the next couple of weeks who's also fucking awesome. I'm cursing a lot and I apologize. Um, plus cheat sheets that I can print out uh, for you people out there that like to handle paper. That's all yours for just $9.99 a month. Um, at PFF with the PFF Edge subscription. So go make it happen. Get yourself ready. Don't embarrass yourself in your your fantasy league this year. Um, And you can keep yourself from embarrassing yourself by suggesting a move to Fantrax where you can like do things that are cool with your fantasy league. Usually you like go to Yahoo or ESPN. It's like, fuck, (laughs) least customizable thing on the planet. Fantrax lets you do multi-team trades, player salary, contracts, keepers, the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. Use promo code PFF at Fantrax.com and Enter to win an autographed jersey from our boy, Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. Now, we already talked about Manscaped, so I'm just going to glide smoothly past that one. Glide it. Glide it up. <laughs> and we're going to go to the AFC South. Uh, we'll start with the Tennessee Titans. Floor of 10, uh, sorry, floor of six wins, ceiling here of 13. Um, sort of similar to the Baltimore Ravens, which is interesting because I don't see, I'm struggling to see that floor. I actually think they have a higher floor than the Ravens, but you probably can convince me against this because of their kind of thinness on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Well, they're also thin on offense. Like they're not like a, um, like Todd Downing for one, and he's my most important non-quarterback here. Um, he has to be good for them, um, or else it's just not it's just not in the cards for them. Um, and you know, you look at after Julio Jones, you have Josh Reynolds. Mm-hmm. You have you know, obviously AJ Brown's great. They don't have much to speak of of tight end. Ferkser is not a guy who's I think, and on offensive line, I think they're a little bit fragile. 
Mm. Um, and then you go over the defense. But I, I'll just say this. Like, finishing first place last year was awesome for them. First time since 2008. They deserve some credit. You look at their schedule, though. Cardinals, Seahawks on the road. Colts, Jets will be better than people think. Jaguars will be better than they think. And then you have basically this, this like, f- four-game stretch in the middle of the season. Home to Bills. Home to Chiefs. So you have two home games. You're wasting on the two best teams mm-hmm. in the entire NFL, in the entire NFL at Colts and then at Rams. Like there is there's a, a chance that this season goes pear shaped for them relatively quickly. And we talked about this with with Nate Tice. You know, the thing about Arthur Smith wasn't necessarily the brilliant run pass ratio yep. or the it was the actual design of plays. Mm-hmm. It was the intuition about you know uh, pace and things like that. I think somebody that tries to come in and pick up where a guy leaves off is going to struggle there. Downing is is the right answer. So is AJ Brown. The answer that I'm going to give, though, just to be to think about it again from a like ceiling slash floor perspective, because I think AJ Brown is going to be great. I'm not like worried about him not being great. Is um, either of Harold Landry or Bud Dupree. And if you're going to win 13 games, you're going to get to, you're going to yeah. break Carson Wentz. Okay. And to do that, you're going to need to have some kind of pass rush. Okay. And the, the, the Colts, who just re signed Braden Smith here and are probably going to extend Quentin Nelson, have a great um, pass protection unit. And Bud Dupree played a, alongside TJ Watt. It certainly helped him out. He also did not have a great PFF grade, which means he wasn't winning a ton. He was getting a lot of sacks that were, potentially not exactly the most credible things on the planet. Um, Harold Landry uh, barely graded, didn't even grade in the top half of Ed Dredgers last year. So those are those are kind of my two guys. I'm sort of cheating there. Um, the Tennessee Titans, by the way, nine and a half over is minus 140. Yeah, we have them dead at nine and a half wins in our simulation. So, I mean, that's sort of a, a thing where you probably either want to, if you're, if you're against them, I mean, there's still not favorites in the division in the betting markets, but we we certainly have them as such. Yeah, um, that might be the place to go. Um, if you go to some place like Pinnacle, I do believe that like plus one fifteen that might be bettable. Um, but other than that, I mean, this is a division you really don't want to touch unless you're going to go after the next squad I want to talk about, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, you want to? You're just gonna? I was going to go to the Colts because I thought it was an interesting conversation between the, the Titans and the Colts. But you know what? You do you. Brother. So, so my thing with the Jaguars is this is a team. Look, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to be great, but if they win ten games this year, and all of us sit, sit there and ask, how the hell did this happen? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, how the hell did it happened. When you spend that much draft capital on players that can make plays with the football in their hands, including the quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, you give yourself a chance to use that extra money, let's say on a Chandler Jones, on an Xavier Howard, and you you set yourself up for some future success as long as you don't screw it up. And I, to me, the most important non-quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Daryl Bevel. Mm. Like he is the guy to me did a, you know, took, took Russell Wilson to the Super Bowl as a young player um, a team, by the way, that was more defensive focused. This team's going to be more offensive focused. If they, they're a team that like this is the the best dark horse in the NFL, in my opinion. Offensive football focus. I don't disagree with you. Their offensive line scares me a little bit, um, and I think that they. I don't think they will make a move for Xavier Howard. They have um, uh, Mr. Griffin. Um, on the other side of C.J. Anderson, Shaq Griffin. Um, and look, is Xavier Howard a, a step in the right direction? Yes, but they're not going to go, I don't think, bring him in. They just drafted Tyson Campbell to be in the slot. Um, as much as I think that would be a great trade, you can't have enough corners. To me, it's Labishka Chenault. And the reason, I, I, look, I think Daryl Bubbles is a great call as well. The reason I think it's LaBisca Chenault is that I look at this, um, I look at what Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson. There was, look, he made some incredible throws and he possesses the ability to make every throw. They did a ton of gimmicky shit at Clemson, a ton. The guy that can make that happen for them is LaBisca Chenault. And, um, and by the way, to back up this take, like, 
percentage of screen yards. People go, Mac Jones had all these screen yards. Like Trevor Lawrence threw more screen passes yeah. than Mac Jones did. Um, Lawrence and, is nowhere near the lock that people believe him relative to Fields and and like I I like I like Lawrence and I'm 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 like willing to to bet with the um you know to bet with the the public with him but like let's not pretend that he had the most impressive last two years relative to Fields and, and Wilson like it's not it did not happen we this is a projection based upon what we saw early in his career and sort of how and he played through yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the fact that he was number one guy the whole way through. So LaVisca Chenault to me is the guy that if he can figure out how to be uh, first off on the field um, and then find his role, he can be that guy that unlocks that offense when maybe the pass protection isn't perfect. And I agree. Like, I don't think that that ceiling is ridiculous, especially in this division, especially with Carson Wentz and the Houston Texans. Their win total is six and a half minus 110 to both sides. So by the way, you want to bet the over? It's right there for you. Go get it. Um, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, six, sorry, five is their floor. Twelve is their ceiling. I I agree that they should have a lower floor than the Titans. I don't. I don't. I think that their ceiling is is fairly similar. To the yeah. The problem is is Tennessee. At the skill position, players are just so much better than Indianapolis. Yeah, I agree. Like, but like, it's like both of them need things to happen. They're just the opposite things, yeah. right? So like, the Colts need their skill position players slash Carson Wentz to turn up aces, but they have a deep team. They have like great coaching, like all of these yeah. things, right? And the as Titans, front office that although they're going to start like Timo pointing this out to me, it's like they're going to be paying forty five percent of their cap to like three. Yeah, they're going to be paying Quentin Nelson positions. like twenty million a year. Yeah. But the the Titans, on the other hand, are looking for continuity, are looking for you know depth, and looking for coaches to show up. So, um, most important non QB, uh, man, I'll go first here. I think it's Michael Pittman. Um, I mean, the offensive line is not a question mark for me, um, and like. Carson Wentz is going to need somebody to throw to <laughs> and doesn't matter how much time he has. So if Michael Pittman can be a guy who he doesn't have to, like he knows he can throw to pretty much every single play um, or he's going to be an option. I think that is how you potentially reach that ceiling. Yeah. The answer probably is Frank Reich. Like if he can't get through to freaking Wentz that we've seen, like that everybody is, when people listen to the show, they're gonna be like, ah, I can't see the Titans winning six games. You could fucking see the Colts winning five games. It's it's exactly what you saw the Eagles do last year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like once is completely awful. Like this is you know, and I think I think Reich is the is the ability to curb that from happening. To me, is like I think the because otherwise, what are you going to say? DeForest Buckner, like he plays three tech. Mm -hmm. um, people, by the way, trying to rip your Niners today for trading him because Kinlaw's injured. I'm like. Like that—that that was a one good move the Niners made. Sometimes people need yeah. things to talk about. Um, the uh, to me, it's Reich. I think that's a great call. Um, the Texans—we're going to talk about them because somehow their tenth percentile is not zero; <laughs> it's two, um, and also somehow their ceiling is nine. That's not hard to understand because, like, should Sean Watson somehow play like? You know, is this all that much different than Buffalo in 17? Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Like, talent wise, coaching wise, McDermott's a stud compared yeah. to anybody, but like, but like Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback, you know, run first kind of thing where they sign a bunch of running backs, play in a dog shit division. Like, yeah, um, most important non quarterback, Randall Cobb. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I mean, Brandon Cooks has had a remarkable career. I'm gonna put his name out there. If he has it's, like a 1500 yard season, it might be. Yeah, it might make people think about the Texans. Other, but otherwise, it's not. It's kind of. I mean, a joke. it's definitely it's definitely Brandon Cooks, but also like poor guy. Brandon Cooks is like a mercenary. If like Brandon was, Cooks has had a remarkable career, like already. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, we go now to the last AFC division, which is your AFC West. Um, we will uh, save your, your Chiefs for last. Let's start with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, floor of five, ceiling of 12. This is probably one of the most popular teams in the NFL in terms of like 
who's going to have a breakout season this year. And I feel like that is always, that should always come with a little bit of caution. Like when everyone's on the bandwagon, um, the, the chargers win total nine and a half. The under is minus 135. The over is plus 115. Most important non-QB. Uh, man. So, well, you guys said Derwin James last week was sort of, I think it's Keenan Allen. I think if Keenan Allen has like a brilliant, like Chris Carter, kind of like late career, sound mm-hmm. weird saying late career, but like if he has sort of like a 115 catch season um, and can curb some of the regression that'll probably come for Herbert, that can probably keep them, that can that can keep them from, I think some of the worst thing that can happen in a tough AFC. Interesting. Um, so, I, again, I'm not going to pick a guy that I think has a low, uh, a very narrow set of outcomes. I'm not – Keenan Allen could get injured, sure. But if he's on the field, he's going to be absolutely incredible, as I just already talked about. I think the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL, um, easily a top three route runner. I think him, Stephon Diggs, and Devontae Adams um, are, are all up there. Um and yes, I was going to say Derwin James. I'm now like thinking about who else I could say that would be a cool answer. Let, let me go with um, Rashawn Slater. He's going to play left tackle. Um, and he can't be a disaster. Mm-hmm. If they're going to hit their ceiling, he cannot be a disaster. I think they could hit their ceiling with an offensive you know, juggernaut of a team. And even if Derwin James is like just human and not totally superhuman. Um so when you when you have a rookie tackle in there, like you can't be a turnstile, um, and that's what he's going to have to be. Um, yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, there there are a lot of teams that look at the Tristan Wirfs thing that happened last year and said this is the formula. This it's is like, the way to go. No, actually, there Andrew Thomas happened. You know, other you know other players have happened. Yep. Um, there are good draft picks, but that doesn't mean they're going to be great right, right away. Also, Tom Brady getting the ball in two point three seconds helps. The Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, floor of six, which interestingly is higher than the Chargers, and a ceiling of 12, similarly to the Chargers. T- you have been on the Raiders a little bit, so kind of take me through why you think that their floor might be higher. Derek Carr had, was actually really remarkable last year, and there was something like I actually did this for like a, uh, a fun little uh, exercise in Simpsons Paradox where Derek Carr was like, top five quarterback in yards per throw uh, on passes traveling less than 10 yards in the air and more than 10 yards in the air in 2019, but he was like 10th in yards per attempt because of the distributions Mm -hmm. weren't good. And like last year, he's just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going down the field. And like, he was great last year. And um, I think people are a little nervous because they lose Trent Brown. They lose uh, Rodney Hudson. And like the offensive line might not be as quite as good. And then they say, okay, Tyrell Williams didn't work out. And, uh, El Aguilar, and it's like when you take a step back and look at this team. I know the Alex Leatherwood pick was not good from a value perspective, but it, how much different is he as a rookie right tackle than any other rookie right tackle? Like, not probably not that much. You have Colton Miller at left tackle who has to step up, but he's you know Incognito's a good player, Denzel good, eh. but like you look at the wide receiver core, you have Rugs as a first round pick. Renfro, who's a good player, and then you have John Brown, Willie Sneed, who are guys who have started in this league before. Like people are people are looking at this Raiders team as if it's like one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And I look at it saying, Well, you have a pretty good play caller, you have a pretty good quarterback, and you have a defense that has to get better. Has to get better. Can't get worse. Can't get worse. The worst. So like they coming could- off of eight and eight last year, if they win seven games, you win you go you push some win totals, you go over other win totals. I, I like I I think the Raiders are an underrated team this year. I don't agree with them having a higher floor than the Chargers. That I, I I agree with them being underrated. I think the floor is low, man, because okay, they they relied so much on Darren Waller last year, so much, and you know he was fantastic, third highest graded tight end, obviously behind Kittle and Kelsey. Um, but if Ruggs does not and Ruggs is my most important non-quarterback, if Ruggs does not turn into something viable and Derek Carr has a slightly worse year, like Derek Carr was great last year, right? Mm-hmm. Derek Carr was a top 10 graded quarterback last year. That was amazing. If he's 15, 
Like that's not going to cut it. He's got to be really good for them to be good. Yep. Um, I agree with you. I, Las Vegas seven is their win total right now. Minus one ten. Yeah, you can get a six sides. and a half in some places juiced. Yeah. We like the over. I mean, I, I like the over as well. I just think their floor should be uh, uh, to me is charger chargerian, if not worse. Uh, the Denver Broncos. Now this is interesting. Has there ever been a more talented team with a floor of four wins and a ceiling of 11 wins? Uh, there has to have been. It's it's completely... I don't know that there has been. It's completely... But like, How good is... This team is so good. Do they have a, a position group that is like worse than top five? Uh, I mean, offensive line, Reisner we like. Bowles has gotten line better. Is great. But they, they have Bobby Massey at right tackle. Okay, not great, but really good. <laughs> like, but sure, but but the besides, I mean receiving core awesome, defensive yeah. line awesome, secondary awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there are issues though, right? There's there's the fact that like their quarterbacks suck. There's their quarterbacks are not inspiring confidence. How do you have a top five roster? And the worst quarterbacking situation in the NFL. Aren't they related? Like, I guess. Like, because because that's the Texans. No, the Texans at least are bottoming out. But like, they're they're kind of related though, aren't they? Whereas like you always because because again, this is where all this is where all get all like anti Kirk Cousins with it or whatever. But like when you have a defensive minded coach. That dude thinks he can coach defense up and, could, you know, like that's why they fucked around with Keenum one year and then Flacco the next year. Do you think that means they're, they're going to play Teddy? Do you think the fact Teddy that, is te- that Mike Vic Zimmer loved a, Teddy? Do you think the fact that Vic is such Vic Fangio is such a good defensive coach that they yeah. will play Teddy? I mean, I think Fangio thinks similarly than Zimmer, and Zimmer loved Bridgewater because oh Bridgewater would throw the ball away and punt and, and like they'd win 16-13. And I'm sorry, but if your division has Derek Carr, oh. Justin Herbert, if, and Patrick Mahomes, you don't win the game 16-13. I'm sorry. If, it's not a way to win. If you were the best path forward for the, the Broncos is to play Drew Locke every single game. And I'll tell you why right now. Yeah, with the variance. You either he either turns yeah. out to be good or he's so bad that you get a decent draft pick. The 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 path forward is not to go uh eight and nine. Their win total is eight and a, is eight and a half. Uh our simulation would uh, like I'll I'll just say this. I ran the simulation with league average quarterbacks and you get eight about eight point four. You run the simulation with the quarterbacks they have now, you have seven point six. That makes sense. It's just the way it is. Yeah, folks. they're and, they're below average. I am sorry. Yeah, and the, the most the most important player, the most important non quarterback is Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pat Shermer maybe. Yeah, um, our our, our Chiefs. Okay, ten well, percent. Who's the most important? I think Pat Shermer. Okay, well I'm gonna give mine. I wasn't actually being serious about Drew Locke. I'm not gonna do that to people. I said non quarterbacks, and I will give you a non quarterback. The most important non quarterback. Is Jerry Judy. Yeah. I believe that Jerry Judy is I think that I think this guy could have an insane season. Um, you watch him run routes and you realize that drops, which he had a bunch of, are not sticky year to year. And you the person I think about is Amari Cooper. Yeah. You know? I think of Mike Wallace in the Vikings offense with Bridgewater, where like Bridgewater's just gonna want to throw the shallow cross to fucking Noah Fant the whole time, and like it's just gonna it's just gonna be brutal. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean the thing with Judy is he's so sudden. I mean that guy can win yeah. early and often. Diggs did have success as a rookie with Bridgewater, and he's like got, if, yeah, that's the kind of that's player a great, he is. Then. That's a really cool comp. Um, Jerry Judy is gonna have an insane season. I just wonder, like, I, I worry about this both as somebody who's a fan of Bridgewater. And also, uh, if if you like the Broncos, like I think if Teddy earns the starting job, there's going to be a mandate to not to be like to be the safest quarterback in football. Like literally, don't lose us games. And I just because like at least in Carolina last year, they were somewhat aggressive for Teddy, right? Like they threw the ball to wide receivers, they threw the ball downfield some. And I'll push back on that a little bit. If Teddy's the quarterback, they're going to want to show that with a decent quarterback, their offense can be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, um, I, I still think Judy can, can have Shermer really was season. the office coordinator for the Vikings with Zimmer. Like, I think this is the, this is the thing that I'm worried about. If, if you're a Broncos fan, you're going to watch all this talent and it's going to be 
it's going to be dump, you know, throws to Javante Williams out of the backfield and like fullback so, dives and stuff. It's, I was yeah. really hoping that the Chiefs floor would be higher than the Texans ceiling. I think probably in reality without Sean Watson, it is. Um, the Chiefs floor is eight wins. Their ceiling, 90th percentile, is 15 wins. That feels about damn right. The Chiefs win total is 12 and a half. Under is minus 125. The over is 105. That is an enormous win total. Uh, most important non-quarterback. Uh, it's Tyreek Hill, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I, or Orlando Brown. I like Orlando Brown. I think Reed's going to do such a good job that he's not like Orlando Brown's probably the most important to the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Tyra Matthews, another candidate. I don't know, man. This team has so many like stars, right? That are not quarterbacks. Um, is it somebody who's not well paid? Somebody like Legarius Sneed on defense? Like, I, you're naming a lot of players. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm thinking about the most important non-quarterback as a player who, again, has variance there where the upper end of variance is really key to them getting their ceiling and like, you know, or and or floor. And to me, it's whoever wide receiver two slash three is. Like, is it Mecole Hardman? Like, let's go with Mecole Hardman. If he can actually be a, a worthwhile player, yeah. that is huge for them. But is McCole Hardman part of – this is the tricky thing because the cheat – like every other team in the AFC needs a lot of shit to go right to get the one seed and to reach their – the ceiling is sort of like flirting with yeah. the one seed. Their, their ceiling is winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, which, which McCole Hardman is an extremely important piece. If McCole Hardman is, is healthy – and is a thousand yard player, let's say, on offense, they're they're a very tough team. Because like the moments that they had Sammy Watkins playing good football, those brief moments in time, mm-hmm. they were the Super Bowl team. Like, they were a Super Bowl winning team, you yeah. know? And and Hardman, like Hardman's had like a, a pretty good first two years for uh a second round pick. He just needs to step up. They have higher expectations of him than his draft position is. That was the AFC, the floor, and the ceiling. We'll do the uh, NFC on uh, Wednesday or Sunday. We'll decide. We'll figure it out. Um, Enjoy your vacation. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'll uh, I'll text pictures of the beach. Please do so. That's exactly what I will need on uh, my weekend. Thank you guys for hanging out. We love you all. Be well. Peace. Peace.